Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. As they come out of the back, Tukey 12 letting go around the outside. Memoir Parfait got away from his barrel. Tukey 12's quickly run up to second, a length off the lead, the Love of Mary third, clear of Lincoln Town being rowed along, embossing being rowed along, and ditto the rest. Memoir Parfait comes to the bend, 300 metres left to run. Tukey 12 flat to the boards, it's giving chase. The Love of Mary's one paced, a match in two when they turn. Memoir Parfait past the furlong, joined by Tukey 12, and here's Let's Talk a Deal. Let's Talk a Deal coming from the back has gone whoosh over the top of them and is storming away backed and won let's talk a deal Tukey 12 memoir yeah, Terry Spargo with his broadcast of let's talk a deal a six-year-old winning at Bow Desert uh, and only a, I think that may have been the second starter uh, for Lockie Mansman, who, as we mentioned, is well-known in harness circles, but now in the thoroughbred circles. And Tony Clements is with us on Bushbeat. How are you, Tony? I'm great, thank you, Steve. Uh, hello to you this morning and a Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to Bushbeat for 2023. And something a little bit different this year as we move into our 18th year of wrapping up all of the country news and results. Rob Luck is still with us. Good morning, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, listeners. And uh, as you said, Tony, Happy New Year to uh, everyone. Hopefully it's a great 23 just ahead of us. We were joking about this. Well, I think we've been doing this over about the last oh, 17 years or so, that when we started this little journey of ours called Bushbeat, that in the original days we thought that we'd last about six weeks, that nobody would really care too much about our love of country racing. But it just seems to have grown and grown and evolved over the years. And the funny thing is, Rob, when you wind back to 2006, even the internet was a very different place. It was really hard to get hold of results and, and look up breeding and, and watch replays and things like that. It's amazing to think what it looks like now as we enter 2023 so we thought well Bushbeat has to evolve with that as well we have to move along and and just change things up a little bit there's a lot more focus now on the tab meetings than what there was in the past on Bushbeat because so many of the country meetings have now made that evolution along to becoming tab programs like your club there at Longreach Rob like uh, Ewan uh, with their amateurs and Ewan have another uh, tab meeting coming up later in the year uh, Emerald have a tab meeting coming up later this month and Bowen have a tab meeting in the early part of February that we'll talk about as we roll through the show today. So we thought it was an opportunity to dive into a bit more of the, uh, I guess you could say, provincial results as we roll through Bushbeat. Yeah, it's been one of the growth things in country raising, hasn't it, Tony? And uh, that uh, ever since uh, Roma got onto the uh, the tab circuit, of course, Birdsville, there's always been a, an approach by clubs to try and join that group and it's evolved uh, under the current Racing Queensland administration to show the uniqueness of country racing and uh, the great news of course when you look at the current race magazine the new prize money coming into play as of February with $10,000 for each country uh, non-tab race and more again for the country tab meetings and of course that's also evolved with more of the provincial ca carnivals uh, throughout the uh, throughout the state and particularly those coastal provincial carnivals but uh, it's been a definite growth factor and we've been a, a proud part I think Tony of of um, of portraying uh, that growth, particularly of the uh, of the non-tab meetings and their feature cup meetings and and their involvement to the uh, the tab level, and as a result, we're aiming to spotlight as much as possible uh, the country results and th where possible the uh, the provincial results that you alluded to, 
And there's one young fellow, Tony, that uh, is used to the spotlight in the harness world, as we heard in Terry Spargo's call with Let's Talk a Deal. Uh, he's used to that spotlight in the harness world because uh, he's in a, a well-known driver and trainer in Queensland, and that's Lockie Manselman. But he's now converted, should I say that word, Lockie, uh, converted mm-hmm. to the thoroughbred game. And at his second starter, let's talk a deal from the back of the field, as you heard Terry say, stormed home and went away to a convincing almost three-length uh, win. And we have Lockie with us this morning. Congratulations on your first thoroughbred winner. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, Lockie, I've, I've got to get this question out of the way first because I know when trainers uh, move horses around and I'm pretty sure there's a plan went on between you and Dad, of course, well-known trainer John Manzeman, who's uh, a great supporter of country racing based in Mackay. Uh, but whenever horses move from one stable to the next, now when you did your victory speech, did you give Dad any credit at all for the way that Let's Talk a Deal turned up to you in condition-wise? He, um, he gets all the credit. I don't really know what I'm doing. I just go around and have a bit of a poke around and just go by what they look like. So he looks good, so I think that's all that matters. And I, and I take it there was a plan because this horse, he's a six-year-old done deal, eight wins now from 64. He's had wins from 1,000 to 24.50 now. Uh, you started him uh, in your first start with him on Boxing Day where he ran ninth of 11th at the Sunshine Coast over 1,800 metres. But he really is a horse that needs that sort of journey from 1,600 out. Was this part of your plan and John's plan that, well, there aren't that many races in the uh, the northern area at this time of the year? Was this the race that you targeted and it all came off as a, as a well-planned execution? Yeah, well, Dad sort of just rung me to see if I had room and could fit him in down here because there's um not not races over that trip up there at the moment so he sort of wanted to see what he could do over a longer trip so he brought him down here and not much went right at sunny coast first up he copped a few checks late in the race and but he still hit the line good over the last little bit so we were pretty happy with that and then Bow desert sort of everything went right they went hard early and he just sort of got into the race late and finished over the top Yvette Lewis, a young apprentice who claims three. Now, I watched this race, Lockie, because I've followed the horse quite religiously every start and uh, ran a really good race in the uh, the Country Cups final um, back in early December behind Echo Point where it came from back in the field. But look, Yvette Lewis, I reckon she rode this perfectly for you guys because even when the pressure went on 800 to 600 out, she didn't panic whatsoever. She even let... Let's talk a deal. Dropped to the back and then just towed, got towed into the race, uh, finishing off so strongly. I don't know anything about a vet. What can you tell our listeners? And I'm sure you're obviously happy with the ride, uh, with a winning ride like that. Oh yeah. Well, you probably sort of know much as much about her as I do. But um, yeah, so I just got a message from her manager to see if she could jump on and ride him. And the three kilo claim sort of what got her the ride. The horse goes better for girls, so um, that was another tick, and she did everything we asked her to do, and it worked out perfectly. She she made the race when she needed to and got into it and finished over the top. So, Interesting uh, you say that... Finished. Sorry, Tony. 
I was going to say, Lockie, interesting you say that she goes better uh, for the girls because I was looking back through the, the run of Let's Talk a Deal of uh, He Goes Better for the Girls. Hasn't been a, uh, a lad on it, on his back since um, I think it was Nathan Thomas one on him in uh, Rocky last March. I know that there's a lot of more of the uh, apprentices out there are the girls at the moment, so there's obviously a, a great uh, liking for taking the claim, but is he just that sort of horse? He just, uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, the girls seem to be kinder to them or have softer hands, or what, what do you think it might be? He just sort of he likes everything his own way, and it's a bit like that to do anything with him. But um, yeah, I think he sort of thinks he's got it over the top of the girls, and he can <laughs> do whatever he wants. And they just do a good job of steering him and letting him do it, and he seems to love that. So um, yeah, I think that might be all it is. It it was perfectly executed too, and and the betting moves came fourteen dollars into nine fifty. And I think the good news uh, from you, your point of view too, as a trainer, uh, I believe you had part owner Ian Carozel. Uh, I think that pronunciation's right uh, on track. The other owner, Mr. Parker, I'm not sure was there, but I'm pretty sure Ian would have been excited with the result. Yeah, they were both there, which was good actually. And yeah, Ian was stoked, and so was Rob. So um, yeah, we probably didn't let him down. So. That was the main thing. Now, have, what is it about trotting, pacing trainers that you can keep horses going so long? Look at Let's Talk a Deal. Since January 22, he's had 25 runs for John in Mackay. He's had the six wins and nine placings, as I mentioned. What is it about? Do you guys have a, a, a way of dealing and treating horses that you can continually back them up? And obviously, you know, he ran on uh, Boxing Day as well, so the quick backup. But it's a common theme with the way Dad operates with his horses, and and obviously, uh, you you would probably adopt a similar practice. Yeah, oh, I don't know if there's any real trick to it. I think it's just that we're not scared to do it. Like um, we, yeah got to race them to win races so i guess if they're going around you're getting a chance to earn money and win and um i think that's sort of good for the owners as well owners are paying the bills and want to see a return and want to watch their horse race and while their horses are happy and healthy why shouldn't they be racing every week and you're based at uh, the Bow Desert area with uh, uh, with the Pacers as well. How, uh, how many thoroughbreds now do you have in training, and is the is the team going to grow after this success? <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I'm just at Logan Village, and I sort of I got two here, but um, one of them's very injury prone. The one I bought for myself, so I'm going to send her up to Dad, and he can try sort her out and get her to the races up there and if she's good enough she can come back otherwise she'll stay up there and race around up there but um, I probably don't really have much room to keep growing them and um, yeah it's a bit hard fitting it in with all the driving and training like we've got a meeting six days a week at the trot so we sort of got to squeeze around that and um, yeah it's probably easier to just have one or two at the time being. So it's likely you could be getting a phone call from Dad every now and again if there's a plan that uh, is like a satellite stable. Uh, if the conditions don't suit in North Queensland or far North Queensland, are they likely to come down to you to have a hit-and-run mission? I hope so. Um, I think that's sort of the easiest way. He, he does a super job, as everyone knows, and gets his horses rock-hard fit. And Most of the time there's not races for him over a trip up there, so... 
Um, it probably wouldn't hurt to just, when he has a handy one, just send him down here and make me look good like he did this time. <laughs> Lockie, we know that uh, Dad's got those, uh, well, now quite famous blue with the light blue star colours. Uh, the colours on Let's Talk a Deal yours, or those, or those the owner's colours, that uh, uh, purple with the gold uh, triple cliff? Yeah, they're Ian's colours. They're his music colours. Yeah, they're his. They're, my, they're my very, very good looking. No, they do look I, good, and the only thing is they blend in with everyone else's. I couldn't see where my horse was. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you could see where he was finishing off because he just rounded them up and went away, and uh, he's always been promising to do that, this gallop. But where, any plans now that uh, where you head to with Let's Talk a Deal? I've got him nominated for Ipswich this week on Saturday, so... We'll just see how much weight we get. The weight should be out this afternoon, so we'll see how much weight we get there and decide whether we go there or miss this week. But, yeah. What journey is that over, Logie? Uh, 21.50 this week. So uh, still, a, still a bit of a trip. Probably not as long as I'd like, but it'll, it'll have to do. Yeah, I guess that's the problem, isn't it, trying to find the right sort of distances for him when you've got a horse like that that does like a bit of ground. Yeah, it is a bit tricky and trying to fit in around everything else too so we can only go to specific meetings here and there. But um, 2,100 is pretty good. But, yeah, I like him over... Yeah, 24 is probably his ideal trip, I think. Just before we let you go, what's the uh, the best in the uh, the trotting stable from the uh, L Manselman stable? Uh, I got... My little two-year-old, actually, I think you've got a bit of an interest in her. She, she's probably <laughs> so uh, she'll be she'll be trialling in a couple of weeks, and yeah, I think she's pretty handy. Yeah, first first pacer I've been talked into pros- prospectus. Uh, we'll let yeah. the name out there, Lockie, will we? Uh, <laughs> and uh, she's had the one win. We look forward to her coming up uh, down the track. Yeah, I um, I got plenty of time for her. She, I sort of. I was trying to cut down on horses and then I didn't really want to let her go. So, yeah, we kept a few and now we're back full again. So it didn't really work out. I think think I'd take after Dad a bit there. <laughs> Just don't start bringing home ducks and geese and, and goats yeah. and everything else that he has there at old McManselman's farm. Yeah, nah, won't be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, congratulations again, Lockie, on your first win as a thoroughbred trainer. And who knows, maybe win number two is coming up as soon as Saturday. Thanks for joining us on Bushbeat. No worries. Thank you. Rob, Thanks, great Lockie. to be able to tell a story like that and put a bit of a spotlight on a, uh, a young trainer. It's always lovely to be able to discuss someone's first anything, whether it's a jockey's first win as an apprentice or a trainer's first win like that, first as a thoroughbred trainer. And, Tony, it wasn't the only first that came out of that Bow Desert meeting with Brazilian jockey Elione Chavez. Hopefully the pronunciation was close. Uh, And now with Adam Campton in the uh, Gold Coast area after coming over from uh, uh, Brazil. And he took home the uh, double on the day out of that meeting. uh, A good way to bring up the first wins there at the uh, Bow Desert meeting. So it really was a day of first. And I, you know I love talking about Cutis and the, and the money that goes with Cutis and the sales coming up. And great to see uh, Lauren Abbott had uh, Silver Pearl pick up the Cutis money. And here's a classic example, Tony. A three-year-old filly by Sizzling. One win out of six starts. Four minor placings. $62,500, of which 31500 in bonuses. Uh, you don't need any more proof than that as to the benefit of Cutis. But what a day at Bow Desert, not only for 
for Lockie, but also Alione Chavez with the double to uh, kick off the career at the Gold Coast. Yeah, Craig Robertson also with a riding double and Gillian Heinrich with a training double at that boat as a program on New Year's Eve. Also New Year's Eve, of course, the big news was Yellow Brick taking out the inaugural King of the Mountain for Ben Thompson and Tony and Maddie Sears, who uh, combined for a double on the day at the program there. And while we're checking in on some of the provincial highlights, out of last Thursday at Rockhampton, Malaya Castle and Ash Butler each rode doubles and Kerrit Smythe with a training double. Townsville last Tuesday, that seems like an age ago. It was last year, in fact. Uh, <laughs> doubles to Isabella Tay and Georgie Holt at that Townsville program. And it was great to see yesterday, Rob, with the uh, the New Year's holiday meeting at Cairns. Bonnie Thompson and Nathan Day continuing on their winning way with doubles there apiece. So it's lovely to be able to uh, to showcase and highlight some of those multiple wins like that. And, yeah, be able to tell a story like that with Lockie Mansman. It, I don't think it's going to be the last time we're going to see his name up in lights. No, he's, uh, as we've said, already making a career in the pacing world and now the thoroughbred world. But uh, there's one club, Tony, that always on New Year's Eve goes into uh, a country race meeting uh, with a tremendous amount of enthusiasm and organisation, and that is the Taroom Dawson Jockey Club, which, by the way, we have this question come up every year. It's one of four tracks in Queensland that is a left-handed way of going. I'll give you a moment to get your thoughts together to name them all. Obviously, Taroom, one of the four, and it comes up every year with our listeners. So uh, listen in and you'll get the answer to that. But this uh, Taroom Dawson Jockey Club, they get a, a fantastic crowd. When you look at their social media, you get a good example of a club going to great lengths to make sure the day is a, a spectacular success. And a good double came up. Uh, with a horse that I really like the future of on the country tracks. And this double for Brooke Richardson, the first of her double, came with Wasmet in the Bill Johnson Memorial Benchmark 60 handicap over the 1,000 metres. Travel and Wasmet showing plenty of speed. Leads by two links to Albion Square. Gracie D on the inside of a better affair. Joey Jaws getting the outside. A good back uh, back to Rodian Bull. Zuma and back up the tail of the field. Strive to succeed. Wasmet on the inside. Albion Square moves up quickly. Joey Jaws looking for a gap in the centre and a better affair right to the outside. But down past the hundred. Wasmet kicked away, put three or four, four or five links on them, and Wasmet wins easily, tight for second. Albion Square. Joey. Yeah, Wasmet taking out the Bill Johnson Memorial there, the opening race at Taroom on uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, and I guess for caller Peter Flynn, that was, uh, I guess, the too much karaoke Flynny on uh, the uh, the couple of days leading into it because I, I fell for Flynny listening to some of the uh, the later races there. He got through, but yeah. Uh, was, uh, wasn't an easy day for the race caller at all. But as you said, Rob, uh, Brookie with a double there, uh, taking out uh, what we always used to joke about being last race, Brooke. Well, it was first two races, Brooke. Yeah, and she's now based down in Brisbane with the Tony Gollan stable, uh, which occurred just before Christmas. And she rides regularly for Ben Waldron. I've got a lot of time for this, Wasmet. It's a five-year-old by Helmet. Three wins from 13 with six minor placings. But look, this horse was first up since August. I can recall uh, calling it at Bar Calden in May as a maiden winner. And it's now had eight runs for the stable, never been out of the prize money. Great effort, Ben Waldron. Three wins, five placings. I think it's one to watch. Uh, was met when you win by six lengths anywhere. It's a decent win. And uh, that was, as you said, Tony, the beginning of Brooks' double. She kicked home for Geoffrey Schrader in the following race, the Emirate Pride, a Prince of Dubai filly that has run fourth at its last three runs. And, Tony, don't 
you just love our country meetings, remember people and their contribution to country racing? Yeah. Because this meeting, every race meeting, every race was named with a memorial uh, name associated uh, with it as well as the sponsor. And this was the Owen Brody Memorial Cutest Maiden Plate with Emirate Pride defeating a Magigrant and uh, Bush into third, place, into third place. But it's tremendous to see the recognition given by clubs as you go through these results, Tony, that everyone had a memorial name. Yeah, it's one of those things that people often say, you know, you can't move forward when you're looking over your shoulder all the time, but you do have to reflect on those that have been uh, significant in sometimes it's, you know, within the local area or within the uh, past history of the club or even just, you know, families that are involved in the racing industry that want to remember a past loved one. It's one of those wonderful things that race clubs do oh so well. And the third race on the program, another example, the Sam Barlow Memorial Class B. And great to see Robbie Farr. Now, Robbie is leading the Queensland Country Jockeys Premiership. I know we're in a bit of a reset with the country tracks, but Robbie's out in front with 25 wins, and I'm pretty sure he's got a goal this season. He's going to be trying to pursue this goal of winning this Country Jockey Premiership. He's out there in front of Tyler Leslight, who also picked up a winner wheel here in a moment uh, on 18. Uh, and... Uh, I hope I've read that right, my eyesight, and Brookie Richardson also on 18. So this meeting uh, helped those jockeys cement their place at the top of the table as it currently stands. But uh, awesome spirit, Damien Rideout, Robert Farr gets up over better than roses and raspberry bullets, a phenomenon's four-year-old gelding first run for the stable. And then you go to the main event on the program, the Open Handicap, the Leichhardt Hotel, Bill Kogel Memorial. Now, I'm pretty sure Bill was the trainer of a horse called Stormbreaker that had 54 uh, wins. It's a So You Think that won this race. It's called Ancient Echoes. And it was uh, second its last two at Longreach and Gladstone, this time for Billy Johnson and Tyler Leslite. Uh, claims two now, Tyler, and uh, rode this to a clear-cut win over the hash that's finally showing a bit of form for uh, Ben Waldron and Vitae into third. But Ancient Echoes, a very uh, consistent horse and uh, enjoys getting out to 1,400-metre uh, races. And Billy Johnson, another trainer, of course, that can keep his horses up through the year and get the results. And the final event was the Des Johnson Memorial Benchmark 50 handicap over the 1,400. And Diddy's a prospect for uh, Terry Hall and Landon Sykes uh, we had on recently Landon. He's kicked home another winner down to a three-kilo claim. The unusual suspect getting up over Buddy Ollie and Kohiko into third place. But uh, Brooke Richardson, a good double to kick off the meeting and a fantastic meeting. They even have a bus uh, go around, pick people up, take them to the races, take them home. They've got a map laid out in the town where the pickup everything is. They go to a great length at uh, Taroom to make sure that everyone enjoys in a safe manner the uh, New Year's Eve meeting, Tony, and it's one of those standout meetings of their... their two for the year. They have the the, uh, the Taroom Cup meeting also in September, and it is one of four left-handed tracks. The other three, Tony, being... Uh, you've got to go all the way, 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 way out west to Birdsville, and I always get the uh, the other one mixed up, whether it's Batuta or Baduri, and you'll correct Baduri. me because I think it's Baduri. I was going to say, it's I Baduri. think... Yeah, and isn't Nakundra the fourth one? Uh, Nurama. 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 I was so Nurma close. Is the fourth one. And I can still <laughs> remember going to Baduri the first time ever to call there and looking down and boy, this straight's very short. And then realised I was looking the wrong way of going. Um, but yeah, the other four in Queensland, uh, the left-hand way of going. And that wrapped up the Taroo meeting for the Dawson Jockey Club. 
The uh, race meetings are a little light on while we go through the uh, early part of 2023. Uh, summer means, of course, that there's no racing around the northwest and the very north of the state. So the only non-TAB meeting coming up this Saturday will be the uh, program at Bell. Uh, there are TAB meetings on Thursday at Gatton, Friday at Mackay, Saturday at Townsville, and looking ahead next um, Monday, I think. Did I see there was another program? No, it might have been a uh, one that's coming up later in the week. I was uh, looking at uh, some of the other highlights that are coming up in the weeks ahead, and I mentioned before, like Emerald's tab meeting is on Tuesday the 24th of January. Bowen have their, their tab meeting on Friday the 3rd of February and uh, throw a date claimer as well in for the Marilla Cup to be held at Miles on Saturday the 11th of February. Just a couple of the highlights coming up. Talking of highlights, Rob, we want to put a spotlight on Bushbeat today on King Island in Tasmania. They are well into their carnival. They started off with Ladies Day back on the 10th of December. It was Beef Day a week later. They raced on Boxing Day and then their fourth meeting was held yesterday on the New Year's Day holiday. This was the King Island Cup. About 600 metres left of travelling the cup. Sienna trying to lead all the way. Length and a quarter in front. Like a Mosh second. Two away midnight kisses. It's being called upon then. Maywin is the word. And further back came this clever boy. Panda's nosy boot as well back with congratulate. And Mr Zygma. But down to the home turn. And Sienna's travelling like a winner. About three lengths in front. Like a Mosh is under pressure. Further back midnight kisses. A gap to Maywin is the word. But in the home straight, Sienna. Sienna is well clear in the cup with 150 to go. Like a mosh in second spot, then midnight kisses. But Sienna's going to run them ragged. Lees all the way and wins the cup brilliantly. Sienna down to the wire, wins by four and a half lengths. Midnight kisses second, like a mosh third. Sienna for Jamie Gibbons and Ian Johnson taking out the Jim McKenzie Agency's King Island Cup. The dulcet tones there of Colin McNiff, who's getting ready to head off and call the Greyhounds in about 10 minutes or so, Rob. And we've managed to grab Cole for a, a, a little little quick chat here about his uh, not his first trip to King Island but his first trip calling at King Island and he managed to do it on Cup Day. Welcome along to Bushbeat, Cole. Yeah, hello Tony. It was a, a wonderful trip. Really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, second time I've been across there. I went over just to uh, to have a day out about 10 or 12 years ago but first day calling was a, a lot of fun although I wasn't too uh, too wrapped in the plane flight over, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I Good morning, Cole. Rob here. I think it was a young apprentice once went over, had the same comment. But I've only ever known of King Island to have some magnificent golf courses, but they have a wonderful race series that goes uh, spread across several weekends. Yes, yeah, spread across uh, about so just on two months from uh, mid-December until the end of January, and uh, they have seven meetings there. Look, the, the, uh, like like a lot of uh, places around Australia, COVID really decimated the racing uh, industry across in King Island, and they sent out an SOS in August of, uh, of last year now to say, look, we are really struggling for horse numbers to get our program up and running this year, and, and that was answered, and answered by some of the uh, really very well-known trainers across Australia, like uh, uh, Mar and Eustace, uh, the McAvoy's, uh, Henry Dwyer, uh, Andrew Noblet, uh, Archie Alexander, and they've all bought horses and, and sent them across to King Island to race, and they've been racing there each and every week, and they're going to have a race on January 21 called the Miners' Rest Cup, which is going to be probably the biggest day King Island races has ever seen. 
looking at the uh, the trainers list there, yeah, you only see a handful of names like Robert Keyes and mm. Jim Taylor, Chris mm. Dicklock and uh, and Rowan Hamer and the likes, and they've all had some great success all the way through the carnival so far. I, I see Jim Taylor's had a couple of doubles, and so has Rob Keyes and Ian Johnson with that double yesterday. But I guess that's the problem when everything is uh, fly in, fly out as far as the island is concerned. Mm. Uh, it's yeah, hard to bring the horses over. You've got to make sure they get over and get settled well and truly. Yeah, and uh, and people have rallied. And, I mean, yesterday uh, there was probably, I don't know, maybe 400 people there. But when you consider the population of the island of 1,600, it's not a bad percentage, is it? Mm. And great to see a name, Thomas Doyle. Tommy Doyle started uh, yep. out riding in the Central West in Queensland. And I'd lost track of his uh, career. And he, he seems to have bounced back well by the, uh, the results uh, spread across uh, the meeting so far for young Tom Doyle. He's based down here in Tasmania with Adam Trinder and does uh, a little bit of riding for the Trinder stable but goes across to the King Island meetings each and every time and he uh, rode a double or maybe a treble at the first meeting there a few weeks ago so he's been uh, consistently riding winners on King Island but perhaps that'll lead to him getting a few more chances here on, on mainland Tasmania if you like. Now, not only the five uh, gallops events there yesterday, but also a couple of trotting races as well, just to uh, add to your uh, calling duties yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the format pretty much each and every meeting, the five gallops and the, the two harness. And they had the King Island Pacing Cup there, won by Tory Storm uh, yesterday for Paul Williams, who trained the trifecta. Uh, yesterday, but his grandson Caleb Williams, uh, who's based here uh, up in the north of Tasmania and flies across for the King Island meetings, has been dominating over there. He's driven six; they've had eight races so far, and he's driven six winners uh, throughout the the course of the meetings uh, up to up to this date. I see a win there yesterday as well for Bruno Nito. Bruno had a double on Ladies' Day, uh, and as well the uh, the following week on the second day of the carnival on Beef Day. Um, there's a name that I don't know too much about. What can you tell us about Bruno? Uh, Bruno does do a bit of riding here in Tasmania as a fly-in uh, and fly-out jockey on our race days, and has been coming down here probably for the past five or six months and having a, a little bit of success. But uh, he's a widely travelled jock who can certainly ride okay and from limited opportunities is starting to make a bit of a name for himself down here. And a few of the trainers are, are very happy to put Bruno on their horses. Yeah, they would have been very pleased to see Merrill Privileges break through yesterday after that string of seconds so far through the carnival. Yes, well, Jimmy Taylor, I was talking to Jim uh, after the races and he's very astute uh, and he, he tells me that uh, that horse is going to head across to uh, to Tassie and race here over the carnival. And normally when Jim brings one across, uh, they don't miss. I've got to give the club a, a big rap as well, Cole. We were talking at the top of the show about how racing has evolved and especially country racing over the past decade or so. And wonderful yesterday to be able to follow all of the King Island racing action there with the live stream on the club's YouTube mm. channel. Yeah, they do it very well, and uh, a big, um, a big pat on the back to Audrey Hamer, who's the, the president there and a tireless worker, and does a, a wonderful job. As do all the committee uh, that are on the King Island Racing Club. Uh, they do a fantastic job. And you know, my one and only time that I'll get across there this year, but I'm planning to get back there next year for a meeting and perhaps take the golf clubs and and stay <laughs> for a, a couple of days longer. And as Rob said, they've got a couple of cracking golf courses over there that I'm very keen to explore. Well, the King Island Carnival yeah, continues with Recreational Day coming up on Jan 14. Uh, you mentioned the Miners' Rest Cup Day. The Maritime Day there is on the following week, the 21st, and then it all wraps up with the Southern Airlines Fly-In Day on the 28th. Uh, by the sound of it, Colin, you're going to be fighting with Duncan to see who's going to be taking, <laughs> uh, taking over the King yeah. Island calling duties. 
I might have to give him a few more um, meetings to, to call and just make him unavailable at times. <laughs> <laughs> Great yeah, to be able no, to touch base with you and talk about King Island this morning on Bushbeat. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Pleasure. Thanks, boys. He's a busy lad this morning. He's got some greyhound uh, activities coming up very soon, Rob. And, and we've got to go as well because time is flowing this morning. Uh, definitely, but great to be able to cover all those uh, those achievements this morning, Tony. And just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au. Yes, I might be at the Gold Coast, but I can still access those emails for all the great stories in country racing. And uh, we'll be back next Tuesday, uh, usual time, with more great achievements out of country and provincial racing across the, uh, the nation. Good on you, Rob. We'll catch up next week. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Thanks to Rob Black, Colin McNiff and Lockie Manselman for joining us on Bushbeat today. And that's our show for the first one for 2023, folks. As always, the podcast will be available at the Megaphone platform. Check in on Radio Tab Socials. You'll be able to find the link there. And we'll send it out on the Regional Cast Facebook page later on today as well. And we'll catch you back next week on Tuesday on Bushbeat on Radio Tab.